So it's different, as you know, that with equity comes class. Please welcome the new student, Robert. Welcome, welcome Robert. Well, thanks for the warm welcome, Teach. It's lit, no cap. Take a seat. White privilege is something welcome. that each and every one thanks. of these bigots and colonists Send the mothers back to work Let the school system parent your children right from the birth Make them ill, feed them pills Confuse them about what's real Tell them facts don't really matter It's all about how you feel Science and math the races History lets erase it Indoctrinate a whole generation You can't escape it It's bigger than American politics You're an accomplice White people, races and bigots And you're a colonist If you want freedom We'll encourage to do the opposite It's toxic masculinity If a man is too confident Excuse me, what's a woman? Well, I am not a biologist Common sense is really not common When you're a communist Parents that care about their kids Let's call them terrorists It's cool to be a feminist And an environmentalist and if you love the country that makes you a white supremacist Don't even try defending it cause what you say is irrelevant Put your hands up, everybody stand up The whole world going mad bruh Two plus two equal five You a racist if you don't think that adds up Better not be in here telling these children that men can't get pregnant Of course not Mr. Smith And did you tell all the white children that they are racist? And colonizers and bigots, yes Very good Put your hands up, everybody stand up The whole world going mad, bruh Two plus two equal five You a homophobe if you don't think that adds up Don't have children If you do, then abort them If your neighbors don't comply with the government, then report them If you have independent thoughts, then just ignore them Communism's the way democracy is too boring Bring your kids to a drag show Give them a couple dollars to put right up in their asshole Don't worry about the Epstein flight logs The case is closed, so don't even go and ask, bro Trust the WA show and CDC None of our politicians work for the Put your hands down, no more questions. Don't say pedophile, just say ALA. Adults that like adolescents. Go and put your hands up, everybody stand up. The whole world going mad, bruh. Two plus two equal five. You a racist if you don't think that adds up. Go and put your hands up, everybody stand up. The whole world going mad, bruh. Two plus two equal five. You a homophobe if you don't think that adds up. my brand new music video 2 plus 2 equals 5 if you can check out the description box below click that link and grab yourself a t-shirt common sense is in common when you're a communist <laughs> i appreciate y'all
Time to wake Time up. To wake up. <laughs> no longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government, while the people have borne the cost. You are tuned in to His Hard Line. Welcome to the number one show many have yet to discover. Our priorities of discussion are quite simple. We put God first. We talk about good health and how to fortify our families, followed by how we restore the republic so we can have a strong nation once again. So patriots, so patriots assemble. assemble. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because he, they are the host. They are the ones with the most, and they are, they are in charge. They're in the captain's chair, and they are at the wheel. Therefore, they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hard Line for episode 543, titled, We're All in Debt. And then we are having, we're going to be doing a reading out of Galatians chapter 2. So let's get right into the reading. First off, it is Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. At least last I checked, it is Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. Don't forget about the website, share it far and wide, www.hishardline.com. That's www.hishardline.com. And if you want to send Yours truly, some hate mail. You can send it at hishardline at gmail.com. It's hishardline at gmail.com. Be sure to put all your hateful comments in the subject, and I will make sure it is filed in file 13. There you go. So let's get rocking and rolling. All right, so quick little daily disclaimer. Remember, as I always state periodically on the podcast, I am not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat, <clears throat> thankfully, because I don't want to be classified with the rest of them, uh, especially the ones that push the jab. But I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar. I'm not a bar lawyer. Don't take your legal advice from us. I am also not the official face, voice, or uh, for the, uh, excuse me, the official face or voice for the national, state, or county assemblies. Additionally, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man. And the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference other materials. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. So got a lot to cover. And only so much time to cover it in. So we're not going to waste any time. So what we are going to do, I just want to say hi to all the normal people that typically come here. Um, we got DS Schuster 63. 
Good evening. Glad to have you here. I have my wonderful, beautiful wife. Got Angie in the house. Good evening. In fact, probably for you. Let me see. Let me look at the clock. It's probably kind of like late afternoon early evening for you guys out there in california we got greg h hello good evening glad to have you here donnie and rietta out there in california good afternoon good evening whatever it is for you guys out there uh let's see next page we got destry in the house we can't even call him snowman anymore he was showing me some pictures and sending me some stuff of him and some friends and his uh, daughter and kids they were uh four-wheeling uh up there in alaska it's i guess now to the point where all that snow was gone and everything's turned to mush mud. And uh, there was not a clean spot on any of their four-wheelers, clothes, skin, even sunglasses. Everything was completely covered in mud. So we're going to start calling them Mudmans. Forget Snowman. Destry's going to be Mudman. So good afternoon to you, sir. We got Nancy S. in the house. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you're at there. We got Angel Eyes. We have Leslie Liberty and Paul Federico from Nevada. Right. All right. All right. And I'm sure more and more people typically usually join. So let's get right into it. We're going to be doing out of a reading uh, out of the New American Bible Revised Edition. That's my favorite version. Um, and we're reading Galatians chapter two, fairly short chapter, only 21 verses. And it reads now we're we're talking about the Council of Jerusalem. And it reads, then after 14 years, I again went up to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along also. I went up in accord with a revelation, and I presented to them the gospel that I preached to the Gentiles, but privately to those of repute, so that I might ask, so that I might not be running or have run in vain. Moreover, not even Titus, who was with me, although he was a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised, but because of the false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy on our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, that they might enslave us. To them we did not submit, even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might remain intact for you. But from those who were reputed to be important, what they once were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those of repute made me add nothing. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter to be to the circumcised, for the one who worked in Peter for an apostolate to the circumcised worked also in me for the Gentiles. And when they recognized the grace bestowed upon me, James and Cephas and John, who were reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas their right hands in partnership that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only we were to be mindful of the poor, which is the very thing I was eager to do. Now, and when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he clearly was wrong. For until some people came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he began to draw back and separated himself because he was afraid of the circumcised. And the rest of the Jews also acted hypocritically along with him, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not on the right road in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of all, if you, though a Jew, are living like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners from among the Gentiles yet 
who know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, even if we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves are found to be sinners in Christ, then a minister of sin. Of course not. But if I am building up against those things that I tore down, then I show myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, yet I live no longer, no longer I, but Christ lives in me. Insofar as I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who has loved me and given himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God for it just for if justification comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. And that is the whole reading of Galatians chapter two, verses one through 21. All right. So Galatians two begins with a crucial meeting, which by the way, again, because I always reference what I'm reading from, um, the Bible reading was out of BibleGateway.com. That's BibleGateway.com. And I am now reading a summary from BibleRef.com. That's BibleRef.com. In case you're curious, it's a good resource, good ministry over there. Check it out. But Galatians 2 begins with a crucial meeting between Paul and the other apostles in Jerusalem. And it ends with a magnificent description of being justified before God through faith in Christ. Now, the prior chapter ended as Paul was explaining his convert, uh, conversion and subsequent study, leading him to begin preaching the same gospel he had once persecuted. Now, eventually, Paul traveled to Jerusalem with Barnabas, a Jewish Christian, and Titus, a Gentile Christian. Then they had likely been sent from the believer in Antioch with relief for those suffering from a great famine. Now, Paul took advantage of the occasion, though to have a private meeting with the influential leaders of the Christian movement in Jerusalem, including the other apostles like Peter and John. To these other apostles, Paul presents the message about Jesus, which he has been preaching to the Gentiles in other parts of the world. And he confirms it to be the same message that they are preaching, that one cannot be saved by keeping the law. Salvation is found only through faith in Christ and his substitution for us in dying for our sins on the cross. And so the question for Gentile believers is whether they must start following the law after trusting in Christ. And all of the apostles agree this is not needed. And they say Titus does not need to be circumcised as the law of Moses would have required. But some in Jerusalem do not agree, however. And so Paul calls them false brothers who want to steal away the Gentiles freedom in Christ. They want to make them all Christian slaves to the law and the other apostles, though, recognize that Paul is an apostle in his own right and had been sent by Christ to preach to the Gentiles. Peter, James and John expressed their official approval with what's referred to here as the right hand of fellowship. And this might have, you know, been some kind of, you know, overt formal means of declaring their approval of Paul. So others would accept him as well. And you can see that uh, reference there in uh, verses 3 through uh, 10 there. Now, later, though, when Peter comes to where Paul lives in Antioch, things don't really go so well or nearly as well. 
And so Peter has said that he believes that the Gentiles who trust in Christ are fully accepted in God's sight. So while the traditional approach to Jewish law and customs would never allow a Jew to eat with a Gentile, Peter does so while in Antioch for a while. Now, however, when some followers of Jesus's brothers or brother James shows up, men who still disapprove of Jewish Christians eating with Gentile Christians, Peter gets a little scared because this looks bad and he, you know, so he thinks. And so he leaves the table and because of the influence, all the other Jewish Christians leave the table as well. And even Barnabas, Paul's partner in ministry, can't take the pressure. And so Paul stands up and opposes Peter right to his face because of Peter's hypocrisy. Now, he says, if, if, if you now live as a Gentile by eating with Gentiles, Paul asks, how can you force the Gentiles to follow all the Jewish rules and customs? And this challenge issued to a fellow apostle over such a sensitive issue becomes the theme of Paul's message for the rest of the letter. Now, there is no reason for a Christian to behave as if good deeds, traditions, or rituals are part of our salvation. And so then Paul then begins to make his grand case that nobody can be justified, made righteous before God by following the works of the law. Peter and Paul, though born Jewish, have both now been justified before God by faith in Christ. Now, in fact, that's the only way anyone can be justified. Hold on. I'm sorry, guys. And to just send out a quick message. So finally, Paul declares that he has died to the law and has come alive to God. How? Simply by believing in Christ. He was crucified with Christ in a spiritual sense. His sinful self was executed by faith in Christ. And then Christ came to take its place in Paul. And now Paul insists that he lives by faith in Christ. Now, why did Christ give himself for Paul and for us? Paul implies his motive is simple. It's all because of love. And that, oh, okay. And that is the, the summary. Sorry about that, guys. I was here in running water and I was just texting my wife. I'm like, are you, are you running water upstairs? She goes, no, it's the washer. <laughs> I was like, man, this thing is loud. I'm hearing so much. It sounds like a waterfall through my headphones. So I don't know if you guys hear it or not. But anyway. So that's the summary for Galatians chapter two. Let me go back to the chat here for a minute. Oh boy. Oh, lots of people are coming in here. Let's see here. So 4 PM for Angie, 4 PM for Rietta. Let's see here. Just calling it. See, looking at, see who's all here. Man, Paul Federico says it's 87 degrees and hazy in Vegas. That's awesome. Let's see here. Just seeing everybody saying hi, 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 hi. Everybody's saying hi. Oh, you guys, boy, that's all I'm seeing. Hi, 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 hi. All right. And hi. Good deal. Oh, Destry said I could hear it. Now it stopped now finally, but yeah, he said, I thought it was rain. Nope. Just the washer right above my head. Yep. <laughs> Listen, this is what happens. Okay. You have only so much space in a house that's, you know, filled up with everything else. There's only so much space I could put a studio. And unfortunately it happens to be right below some of the noisiest parts of the house, the kitchen, partial garage and the laundry room so there you go gives you a good little ambient feel you know of, of what's going on <laughs> so so anyway okay let's get to business now so what time do we have here okay so we got about 40 minutes to play with here we got a lot to cover so i can't get any confirmation on this but apparently i've been hearing 
I've been hearing some rumblings out there that George Soros apparently has been eliminated and he is now gone. Again, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's true or not. I heard it from a few different sources, uh, you know, on Telegram. Uh, let's see if there's been a few sources, but so I'm not sure. Apparently he died of a heart attack. I don't know. Um, so I find that very interesting. Um, but so there's that. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to cover before we get into other stuff here. I don't know if you guys have been following the Daniel Penny story out there in New York City. You know, the guy that pretty much was saving a whole train car full of people from a crazy man, that Neely guy, whatever the heck he is, right? Well, you know, here's the thing. Denny Penny and his heroism should be noted and recognized, not only as heroic, but, you know, these these freaking crazy loony lefties in New York, they just want to freaking lock him up for life and for what? Because he was looking after the lives of his fellow patrons on that subway car. You know, they're trying to deem this guy racist. They're trying to say, oh, well, he's he he's he's being racist. And, you know, he he was you know, he's doing that because he's against black people. No, because in New York City, if you're on a train car, it's not just white people. You've got people of all different sorts of races and cultures and, and sexualities. He was protecting everyone. On that car on that train car, you know? And so, you know, apparently the man that he subdued, you know, he was preventing again from him harming other people. And apparently this guy had a rap sheet almost a mile long and including what, I think he just recently knocked out a 67 year old elderly woman recently. I mean, what the hell, you know, I mean, here's the thing, America, and I'm not speaking to the, his hard line family here. I'm talking, if anybody's listening to this, you know, randomly, I'm just going to say this to you guys, America, is this seriously what you're just going to let happen? Especially if you're living in New York city, are you just going to accept this? Is this the America you want? Because I'm going to tell you right now that New York city, what's going on in New York city and all these people want, want, you know, Daniel Penny locked up for protecting people on a train car. You got your priorities messed up. I mean, you really, I mean, seriously, you got your priorities messed up. It's, it's just messed up anyway. So, um, yeah, Paul Federico was saying, yeah, he raised over a million dollars for his defense. Actually, I thought I heard, uh, when I was looking at it earlier, I think he raised over 2.5 million so far, and it could be almost at three by now, but this was earlier in the afternoon. He had raised over two and a half million dollars on his, uh, give, send, go account. So that's really awesome. But yeah, you know, he's a former Marine or I, in fact, excuse me, I stand correct because I was corrected by someone who is a Marine. This guy is a Marine, obviously not active dude, but he's a Marine protecting his fellow patrons on the rail car. So anyway, let's keep him in our prayers. Um, Another little thing I was going to let you guys know. So on May 31st, it's a Wednesday, May 31st, I'm going to have Bill Hermanson from Missouri. He's with the Missouri General General Assembly. Bill is going to be on the podcast at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, that would be 6 p.m. Central time. Um, and he's going to be kind of doing a similar thing like he did with Patriots with Grit. Now, here's something interesting. I was emailing back and forth with Bill earlier today. So the day that he did that interview with Patriots with Grit, guess what? His website, I believe it's called American Civics. 
if anybody has it, put it up on the chat board, americancivicsomething.org, I think. Put it, somebody will put it up there and I'll, and I'll, I'll say it. Um, but apparently his website that he uses to help educate people on the assemblies and history, um, it got hacked. And it's still, last we chatted earlier today via email, it's still not put back up. Yeah. So clearly, let me see if I can find it. Amer- see, I think it's American. Oh, man, I'm going to mess it up. I, I, I should have that remembered or memorized. Um, somebody will put it up here, I'm sure. But uh, no, it's not tactical civics. Nope, nope, nope. It's not tactical civics. Um, tactical civics is something completely different. In fact, we have an, a couple people that I know of here in Michigan who was part of the assembly that stirred up a whole mess of crap and ended up going over to tactical civics. No, it's not tactical civics. There it is. AmericanCivicsEducation.org. Yes, that's it. His website got all sorts of hacked and messed up and it's still not up. And he was telling me, he goes, in a way, I kind of, he was like, I kind of feel like that's a, you know, uh, a badge of honor. He goes, <laughs> he goes, you know, it shows that I'm over the target. I'm like, yeah, they, they actually, you know, did that crap to me last year, except they didn't completely take the whole website down, but they definitely, I don't know what they did, but they definitely discombobulated my website because, you know, a lot of my media player stuff was down and they actually deleted one of my most important podcasts, which is still the most heavily downloaded podcast, which is the uh, contempt of the constitution. Thankfully, Destry saved a hard copy of it. So I was able to re-upload it, but uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, so with reference to what I'm going to be talking about, we're all in debt. I'm going to be referencing a book called fruit from a poisonous tree. But before we get into that, there's a couple audio pieces. I do want to play real quick before we get into that. Because like I said, we have a lot of ground to cover and very little time. I may possibly run a little over an hour. I get it. Um, but, um, but that, you know, like I said, I'm going to stick very, very close to the one hour mark here. So, so here's the first thing. So let me look at where I'm at. So apparently here's a little developing story. So apparently there was a developing story in Nigeria where reportedly the USM, there was a U.S. embassy convoy, which was attacked and there were many casualties and some were killed. Not many details are available by Kirby, but Kirby claims no U.S. citizens were involved or killed. Now, Here's a little short 35 second video. This completely doesn't make sense because apparently nobody, there were no casualties and some were killed, but I, I don't know. Just listen to this. This audio makes no sense. Here in reports about an American convoy in Nigeria yeah. coming under attack. What can you tell us about? Don't know a whole lot. I just got informed about that here before coming on out to talk to y'all. Um, it does look like a U.S. convoy vehicles uh, was uh, was attacked. Um, I, what I can tell you is that no U.S. citizens were involved, um, and therefore there were no U.S. citizens hurt. Uh, but we are aware of some casualties, um, uh, perhaps even some uh, killed. Um, but uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of where we are right now. It just happened, uh, and uh, the State Department's looking into this. All right, so no U.S. citizens were attacked or hurt or killed, but yet there were still casualties and some that were dead. Well, if it's a convoy, a U.S. embassy convoy, wouldn't you think that that convoy is comprised of mostly Americans? I mean, I don't know. thought that was interesting. Um, here's another thing. Now, this pisses me off. Here's the thing, guys. If you don't... 
if you still have your kids in in in, in public school, I, I, look, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna make any apologies about it. So no, I'm not sorry. These public schools, by and large, and I know not all of them are like this, but these public schools definitely do not protect our children the way we require them to do and to inform us when things go awry to us parents. Now, apparently there was a school in Plainview, Texas, who has a six-year-old that wasn't acting like herself. And when she came home, her parents were like, okay, she's acting a little different. She's not being herself. What's going on? And come to find out, then she spills the beans about how a couple weeks prior, a bunch of little boys with the teacher knowing about it, the schools knowing about it, performing basically, basically sexual assault on this little girl. Just listen to this story. Oh my gosh. guardians are looking for answers after a tragic situation at South Elementary School. Parents protested outside the school district's administration building over sexual misconduct they claim happened inside a classroom. KCBD News Channel 11's Joshua Ramirez spoke with a family member of a six-year-old student who claims another child forced her to perform those acts. Joshua? Karen and Abner, I spoke with Heather Gonzalez, the older cousin of a young girl who attends South Elementary School in Plainview. She says it was actually a second incident that brought the details of this situation to light. She and her family noticed strange behavior by the child. When they asked her what was wrong, she told them something no parent wants to hear. I feel like that's a basic right that we should send our kids to school to be safe. Heather Gonzalez, the cousin of one of those students, says the district failed in that regard, creating a dangerous situation for her young relative. She says her family only caught on after a change in the girl's behavior. And she's in distress. She's like, you know, my stomach hurts. I just want to lay down. You could tell something's wrong with her. And they said, well, what's going on? What happened? That's when the child told her cousin that a boy exposed himself to her in the lunch line at school. Unfortunately, that wasn't the most disturbing part of the six-year-old girl's story. The girl claimed a student, along with others, pulled her under a desk and forced her to perform a sex act during class more than a week before. The incident reportedly recorded by another student on a school iPad, the young girl doing her best to fight back. She said she was hitting him with the poetry book. When Gonzalez asked how long this went on for, the child's response... And she said, until they let me go. Gonzalez claims the district wasn't transparent with the family, even though they knew about the situation. Everything was no comment. I cannot tell you. No no comment. So you mean to tell me abuse? Okay, I, I got to stop that story. That story pisses me off. Let me tell you what. I'd be rocking, freaking rolling in that school, and I'd be cracking some damn skulls. If I found that kind of crap out that that was going on and the school didn't tell me and yet the parents or the teachers and the school were don't sit there and tell me that the school failed. No, they those assholes were complicit. What the hell is going on with our world today? That's bullshit. Sorry for the language, but that's straight bullshit. I have a six year old. If I found that out and she was in public school and thankfully she's not, that's why she's homeschooled. I'd be in exactly, Leslie Liberty, you took the words right out of my mouth as you typed them up. I would be in jail. I would be freaking smashing skulls. Complete vengeance. And I know God says vengeance is mine, but you know what? There's two things you don't mess with. A man's wife and a man's children. That's a good, sure way to die quickly.
It pisses me off when I heard this story. My wife asked me, she goes, did you hear about what happened to that little girl in Texas? I said, what? What? No. And then she sent me that. Oh, my God. I was so pissed. So mad when I, when I heard this story. I was like, you got to be you got to be kidding me. I said, I hope. I hope these teachers and everybody involved in the school board, you know, the school down there in Plainville, Plainview, Texas, I hope this story goes viral. Make that school known and the people who were complicit and letting that crap go on. One last thing I'm going to play before I get into uh, getting into some excerpts here from this book. But uh, this is Glenn Beck, about two, a little over two minutes long. He basically articulates very well very well about you know with the durham report that just got released right he articulates it very well in a summary about what it is let's let's give what he has to say a, a quick listen is so fully corrupt we have now the just on the durham report yesterday we have the clinton campaign we have barack obama former president we have joe biden we have the CIA and the FBI all colluding to make sure that Donald Trump is labeled a uh, uh, a defector or um, you know a shill for the Russians. They knew it. They executed it perfectly according to plan, and no one paid any price. Do you think they're going to stop? Of course not. What did they do the next election? The very next election, the FBI, which had the laptop of Hunter Biden, knew exactly what was in it, had known that that laptop was probably going to come out before the election. So what did they do? According now to the Twitter files, we know the FBI went to Twitter and all of the uh, social media companies and said, you're going to, you know, they're going to try to take down the president, uh, or the vice president's bid to become president through his son. There's lots of Russian interference. Well, you already know that from last time. Well, no, they already knew before they even started the investigation that that wasn't true. So they used that same lie a second time in 2020 to tell them not to do anything with the Hunter Biden laptop. That affects the election. If you talk to people who now know about it, they said they would have never voted for Biden had they known about it. So they influenced another election. If you think this is free and fair, it's not. And we, we have the, you don't have to go to the ballot box. All you have to do is go to the Justice Department, the CIA, uh, the NSA, uh, and the Democratic Party. The justice system, once you go through that, what chance do you have? That's right. That's exactly right. See, here's the thing, guys. Remember when Trump always said that they're not coming after me, they're coming after you? I don't know if a lot of you people really realize just the, 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 the weight and the gravity of this situation with what they were trying to do with trying to convict them, you know, Russia, 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 right? And all this other stuff that was going on. See, again, Trump being part of a military operation is part of kind of a requisition, if you will, by the people in the, you know, in the assembly. 
There are 21 requisitions that were issued to the military. Okay. Now I don't have to go over them again. Okay. Now there's a few of them that I have not been able to go over. There's like six or seven of them that are still being actively carried out as we speak, but about 14 or 15 of them, I can't remember exactly have been completed. Now part, now each requisition may have about 30, 40 or 50 different action items, depending on that particular requisition. Now, part of an action item of a certain requisition was to unrig, yes, I said it, unrig the election machines. Why do you think Hillary Clinton and, and crew were so pissed off and upset and they completely, I mean, why do you think everybody melted down? They thought they had this in the bag. Why? Because they had their little hackers that they thought had it in the bag. But little did they know that they had a wonderful thing called Naval intelligence or whoever it was in the background that were just a little bit better than their little black hat hackers and unrigged the machines to show the true vote of who was voting for who in the 2016 election. And so this whole thing now with the Durham report coming out, I tell you what, it, it, it just goes to show you that a lot of the stuff that Q was talking about on the Q boards. Oh, imagine that it's not conspiracy. The CIA, the FBI, Hillary Rodham Clinton and crew, Barack Obama, the Bidens. Oh, my God. The Department of Justice. They're all in on this big freaking sham trying to take down Donald John Trump. See, they know what's going on. They know what's going on. And they know when the people get in control of this country and we have the full power back of we, the people, when we get our 38 plus states, their asses are done. That's right. I remember that Destry was saying right here in the chat board, Robert David Steele let the news out on the unrigging of the machines. That's right. So, you know, it just... It, it's just so funny because all these people that voted for Biden, right? They thought, oh, yeah, but we're going to vote for Biden because Trump freaking sucks. Well, how are you liking that now? Because there's a lot of people out there like, oh, I would have never voted for Biden if I would have known in advance what, what was going on with, uh, you know, with Hunter, you know, with Hunter Biden and, and his laptop from hell. Really? No, you just let your hatred blind you and you decide to vote for a moron, you know, senile old freaking babbling dipstick who falls going up the stairs and falls off of his bike just standing there and can't even string two sentences together. No, you thought that was a good idea. You thought the guy that could barely get five people in a room for, for uh, you know, a rally was a good pick versus a man who can get like, I don't know, 50,000 in a room with stand, within its standing room only. Oh, no, you thought the guy that could only get five or ten people in a room, you thought that that was your winning horse. Okay. You need to shave that blue hair of yours and clean them nasty little freaking ears out and freaking start, you know, I don't know, uh, taking in some logic and maybe some common sense. Maybe read the, you know, maybe read your Bible, read your Bill of Rights, understand what it's like to be a real American, not some stupid loony freaking communist. My gosh, I tell you what. So anyway, so back to the title of the show, we're all in debt. What do you mean, Jason? I'm not in debt. I have my house paid off. My cars are paid off. I don't own any credit cards. What are you talking about? I'm not in debt. I'm like Dave Ramsey. Cash is king, baby. Is it? Is cash really king? Or is it gold and silver that's actually king? 
Because so again, I'm referencing some of the excerpts from the book Fruit of a Poisonous Tree, by the way. It's a good book. I haven't finished it yet, but I am, you know, referencing some of it. But it's important to look at the fraud that has been perpetrated on Americans throughout the last century. You see, everything for the most part that I had talked about and continue to talk about does have a remedy. Everything that I talk about here on this show has a remedy. And there's one common denominator to a lot of this. It's called reassembling your state back to a de jure government. Now, am I saying that the minute that we turn, you know, that the minute we get 38 states, boom, poof, everything is fixed? No, because that's when the real work is going to end up taking place. But what I'm saying is this is where it starts. This is how we restore the Republic of America. And and, And the military are not the ones who will be doing it. Now, they are there helping and, you know, assisting. But they are waiting for the people to get off their butts to go get to work and, you know, to get to work doing it. Because, again, the military is subordinate to the civil power. Who's a civil power? It's people like you and I. Okay, we the people. Destry says it best right here in the chat board. He goes, the best remedy is real knowledge. That's what we try to push over here at the national-assembly.net website. You want real information, real solid truth on how to get back your republic. Go to national-assembly.net. Start getting involved. Figure out how to get involved with your assembly. It's very easy. But we just got done discussing in a six-part series on who is running America. And it's a safe bet because, as we discovered at the end of that yesterday, it's the international bankers and the members of the bar who continue to perpetuate the fraud for the bankers and the elite above them. You see, what we carry in our wallets which is basically Federal Reserve notes, right? They're not dollars. Those Federal Reserve notes are disqualified as even being considered money. Even if they were notes, right? A note basically is an IOU. It's a promise to pay, an evidence of debt. Now, even if the Fed itself does not refer to Federal Reserve notes as money, their actual own publications actually refer to the Federal Reserve notes as forms of money. Other possible forms of money might include credit cards, bank drafts, checks, electronic funds transfer. I don't know, maybe a pretty colored rock, you know, crap like that. But none of these, however, can in any way be construed as money. And it is arguable whether they can even, you know, really, you know, give a legitimate promise to pay money. See, now, if you look at a Federal Reserve note, you will actually find a statement that reads, this note is legal tender, legal tender, for all debts, public and private. The Fed has been careful so as not to perpetuate an outright fraud, because Congress did that for them, but at least insofar as what they state on their notes. They have never asserted that their currency is lawful money, for that would be a direct violation of the Constitution and the Coinage Act. Now, instead, they have called it, and I quote, legal tender. One is a noun, because money equals substance, and the other is a verb. Tender equals action. 
legal stands for the form of law, right? Posited by the courts as the as the inference or imputation of the law as a matter of construction rather than established by actual proof. Now, tender, that's an offer of money. The act by which one produces and offers to a person holding a claim or demanding against him the amount of money which he considers and admits to be due in satisfaction of such claim or demand without any stipulation or condition as used in determining whether one party may place the other in breach of contract for failure to perform. Here's a question for you. Are today's silver dollars really made of silver? Like not the one you go to, you know, get at your silver shop. I'm talking like the ones that the banks have. Because not all, not all of them, because, you know, they're, they're so expensive. And today's silver dollars, for the most part, again, the fake ones, you know, they're silver looking, right? It's a silver looking metal on the outside, but that's, you know, by and large, the, the ones that the banks have, not the ones that you go to your silver shop on, but the ones that the banks have, that's just 75% copper, 25% nickel. Yeah, and Destry was saying right here, pennies are not copper anymore. When did that stop? Like 1983 or 1984? I forgot. I forgot. I forgot what year, but I think it's like early 80s was when they stopped using copper for pennies. Yeah, 1983. I thought so. It was like right around there. Thanks for that, Rietta. Yeah. Now, did you realize that when you tender a debt with a Federal Reserve note or a bank draft or a check or a credit card or other form of money, as opposed to actual money, did did you know that you're not really even, you're not in any way making a payment? Did you know that? See, you simply make a promise to pay and the constitution and the law established that the only lawful money is gold and silver coinage, but you can't lawfully make payment with anything but gold and silver coin. That's according to the constitution, unless Unless the parties agree in advance to some other form of equitable value exchange, right? Maybe some sort of barter. You have to remember that the Federal Reserve note has no realistic intrinsic value and is not evidence of wealth. You have to remember that. I have to keep remembering that. It's evidence of death. And unfortunately, for the ones who, you know, for accept, you know, accepts them. They're not even legitimate notes. Now, let's take a look at the definition of a note. What's a note? It's an instrument containing an express and absolute promise of signer to pay to a specified person or order or bearer a definite sum of money at a specific specified time. A note not meeting these requirements may be assignable, but not negotiable, according to Black's Law Dictionary, 6th edition. So like, you know, what, what exactly happens then when you, when you make a transaction using a federal reserve note and acquire property or services, what happens then? Well, you have not in fact made payment, but the debt incurred for the goods that you, you know, have taken possession of 
it's basically discharged. The distinction is significant. Thank you, Paul. See, there is a distinction between a debt discharge and one paid. Nancy. <laughs> Paul's my boy. He's trying to keep me on task with the 15-minute uh, countdown at 8. I do appreciate that. But when discharged, the debt still exists, though divested of its character as a legal obligation during the operation of the discharge. Something of the original vitality of the debt continues to exist, which may be transferred, even though the transferee takes it subject to the disability incident to the discharge. Now, the fact that it carries something which may be a consideration for a new promise to pay so as to make an otherwise worthless promise a legal obligation makes it the subject of transfer by assignment. Now, Tupper Sassy or Saucy from the Miracle on Main Street, and I quote, says, about all a Federal Reserve note can legally do is wipe out one debt and replace it with itself, which is another debt. A note that promises nothing. If anything has been paid, the payment occurs only in the minds of the parties in the idea sphere, not the real world. So when you pay something, like you, you, you go and get a car, right? And you, you take a loan out for that car, right? Well, then when you take a loan out for that car, a note, right? It's a bank note. Think about it, guys. A loan is a bank note. You're taking Federal Reserve notes to pay the bank note. So basically all you're doing is you're trading debt for debt. Does that make sense? So there you go. A bona fide note can be used in a financial transaction to discharge the debt, but only because it's an, you know, it's an unconditional promise to pay by the issuer to the bearer. Now is a federal reserve note, a contract note, an unconditional promise to pay? Well, at one time, the Federal Reserve issued bona fide contractual notes and certificates, which were actually redeemable in gold and silver coin. But most people never saw or comprehended the contract. It went largely unread because the Federal Reserve very cunningly hid the contract on the face of the note by breaking it up into five separate lines of text with a significantly different typeface for each line and placing the president's picture right in the middle of it. They even used the old attorney's ploy of obscuring the most important text in the fine print. Over time, the terms and conditions of the contract were diluted. Now, until eventually they literally became an IOU worth absolutely nothing. But yet here we are. Continuing to break our backs day in and day out. For a worthless piece of paper that we think has intrinsic value. Now, this has... This is that Babylonian money system, right? That money magic that they, that they got us used to. This system, this Babylonian money system, it needs to crash and burn into a dust. It, it just, it needs to be evaporated, incinerated. There are requisitions, like I was talking about, that the assembly of people put forward to the military and others 
showing that we the people expect to take you know the, we, what, what we the people expect to take place as far as our money system goes as we continue to work to restore our republic by reassembling our states in the meantime but sadly we still have elements within the international banking community trying to manipulate the system but as we are witnessing their weak house of cards you know as we as we are witnessing their weak house of cards is crumbling right below them in fact i was just talking to someone the other day, and I'm not going to say who. They're a bit in the know. Even though the system is pretty much coming down, it's believed that it's possible the cartels could be bankrolling the de facto because their printing presses are down. Now, that, that that's, that's hearsay. It's not even official. You know, it's not just FYI. It's not not verified but it wouldn't surprise me you know i mean we're getting lied to every day through the mainstream media all right we don't really know what's really going on what's what what's up what's down but yeah it is believed that whatever remnants of the you know de facto uh you know cabal people that are still out there running around trying to cause havoc because there's you know there's still many operations going on but it's believed that the you know the cartels are bankrolling all this, but I don't know. Like I said, it's just you know, speculatory. Destry was just saying right here in the chat. We told military what we want done. Up to the military on how to do it. That's exactly it. They, that's again the twenty-one requisitions. Now those twenty-one requisitions, it's up to the military and how they execute on how to accomplish those twenty-one requisitions. And he was saying, actually, some states have laws that land can only be taxed during a mortgage period. So for some of so Rietta asked a very interesting question. I am going to actually uh, read this because it's it's something that I think a lot of people probably don't know about. Uh, So Leslie Liberty, first off, asked, are there any alloidal titles today? Destry says very few alloidal titles today, some in Alaska and in an unorganized area. And then Rietta asked a very good question saying, well, what's an alloidal title? And Destry says, no local governments to appraise and collect tax. That's basically what it is. So basically the land, your home, right? Your land, your ownership, it's it's yours. Alloidal is actual ownership forever where you don't have to pay tax on that property. See, that's what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when we become fully assembled in all of our states. Not only will the federal and state income taxes go bye-bye, but so do your property taxes. It all goes bye-bye. So there you go. But anyway, so what we're going to do, let's uh, say a quick prayer. We're going to end this in prayer, and then I'm going to play a song. I played at the beginning before my intro just to kind of, you know, uh, allow people to uh, filter in here as you know as i got into the show so we're gonna say a prayer and then i'm gonna play the song again it's by high res it's called two plus two equals five it's a good song uh the video is actually pretty funny to watch i did post it but anyway so dear heavenly father we want to just say thank you so very much as usual for this day another day of life and good health for for myself and our families right for the family here that comes here on the chat every single day and for their families as well 
Uh, we just ask that you continuously guide us on our path, shine the light. Please help us stay straight and narrow on it. Don't let us stumble. And if we stumble and veer off the path, please bring us back on. We ask that you continuously give us courage and wisdom to know exactly where we need to be at on this path. We pray for our assembly of states. We pray for the restoration of our country. We pray for all the children out there who still need rescuing. There's a lot of atrocious stuff that's still occurring in our schools, God, and we need to get these criminals and these monsters out of the presence of the innocent children. We need to get them away from them. We need to shut down these public schools and get back to good old fashioned homeschooling. Shut down these schools, shut down these monsters that we thought we could trust with our children. Apparently we can't. And we pray that vengeance does in fact get brought on these people by you. And we ask each and every day that you guide our hearts, our minds, our words, our actions. And Rietta says, Father, please help us to learn your ways and the information we need to go forward with the assembly. Please Heal all those struggling in so many areas. We need you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for our many blessings. Lord, we know we need to repent in order to heal our nation. Please fill us with your Holy Spirit. In your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, remember, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising over here at His Hard Line. And I haven't, I haven't said it in a long time but my favorite verse which is Joshua 1 9 I command you be strong and steadfast do not fear nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go so with that in mind you keep pressing forward hardliner seriously don't let the enemy cross that line you need to hold that line all right the enemy will not win so with that, I hope you all have a good night, good day, wherever you're at in the world. And I'm going to play that high res song. And again, it's two plus two equals five by high res. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. So it's different, as you know, that with equity comes... Class, please welcome the new student, Robert. Welcome, Robert. Well, thanks for the warm welcome, Teach. It's lit, no cap. Take a seat. White privilege is something welcome. that each and every one Thank of you
makes you a white supremacist Don't even try defending it cause what you say's irrelevant Put your hands up, everybody stand up The whole world going mad bruh Two plus two equal five You a racist if you don't think that add up Better not be in here telling these children that men can't get pregnant. Of course not, Mr. Smith. And did you tell all the white children that they are racist? And colonizers and bigots, yes. Very good. Go and put your hands up, everybody stand up. The whole world going mad, bruh. Two plus two equal five. You a homophobe if you don't think that adds up. Don't have children. If you do, then abort them. If your neighbors don't comply with the government, then report them. If you have independent thoughts, then just ignore them. Communism's the way democracy is too boring. Bring your kids to a drag show. Give them a couple dollars to put right up in their asshole. Don't worry about the Epstein flight logs. The case is closed, so don't even go and ask, bro. Trust the WA show and CDC. None of our politicians work for the CCP. White kids are born racist. If you disagree, that makes you a damn racist. Study CRT. In today's lesson, men can get pregnant. Put your hands down, no more questions. Don't say pedophile, just say ALA. Adults that like adolescents. Go and put your hands up, everybody stand up. The whole world going mad, bruh. Two plus two equal five. You a racist if you don't think that adds up. Go and put your hands up, everybody stand up. The whole world going mad, bruh. Two plus two equal five. You a homophobe if you don't think that adds up. my brand new music video two plus two equals five if you can check out the description box below click that link and grab yourself a t-shirt common sense is in common when you're a communist <laughs> i appreciate y'all don't need anybody's money it's nice i'm really rich i have a feeling it's going to be beautiful but i will see you tomorrow and i'm going to be cheering you on you're going to cheer me on but i'm going to be cheering you on because what we've done is so special. All over the world they're talking about it. All over the world.